0: with Debbie Antonelli a few days after her nothing but net fundraiser to benefit Special Olympics. She raised more than $200,000 in her 24-hour marathon shoot-off that she held right in her own driveway. In June, Debbie will be inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame for her passion and skills on and off the court.
1: This was our fourth year, and we were able to raise just under $200,000 and counting right now. Um, And we've we've raised a lot of money over the four-year period, and we have created a lot of awareness. And the money goes directly to help the athletes train and compete and organize. And that's very important to me because I know how important sport is and creating healthy lifestyle choices for families like mine. And uh, my son serves as my motivation, my son Frankie. And um, I just know how powerful sports is in uniting people together for a common cause.
0: You are actually a mom of three boys. I know you probably want to talk about all three boys, but just for the purpose of this conversation, tell me about your son.
1: Well, my son Frankie is the middle of three boys. He's smart and handsome. He's athletic. He is very social. He has lots of friends and he happens to be a college graduate now. He went to Clemson in the Clemson Life program and he was able to play intramurals, be in a fraternity. He worked a job, he lived independently. He gained so much confidence and maturity and making good decisions around uh, financial fitness and physical fitness and just healthy lifestyle choices. We couldn't be more proud of the experience that he had at Clemson.
0: So that's the Clemson Life program, correct?
1: Yes, life is an acronym. Uh, learning is for everyone, and it is the program across the country that everyone else aspires to become. It has the residential component to it, and uh, we, we're we just so excited about what he was able to do, because 24 years ago when he was born, that's not something that was in uh, any of our hope or dreams for him. Talk about...
0: Um what you learned about your son.
1: We didn't know that he had Down syndrome until the third visit by the doctor into the hospital room after I had delivered him. And uh, we were a little bit shocked and surprised. It wasn't an easy um, conversation. It wasn't something that I grasped onto right away. It took me some time, I think. Uh, Fortunately, my husband was a little bit better than I was at the beginning, and I'm not afraid to say that because I think it's a natural reaction to the shock and and then all these incredible fears that you have about what kind of life he's going to have, what kind of life we're going to have moving forward. And uh, it was very scary. It was a very scary time. And it probably took me about eight or nine months until I came around and decided that, you know what, I'm going to switch my feet and I'm going to get out. This Mm -hmm. is the way... We're going to move forward, and I am going to treat this just like I've treated every other situation I've faced as an athlete with any kind of adversity or challenge. I'm going to be the best mom to him that I can possibly be, and I'm going to give him every chance to succeed. And I don't know how I'm going to do that yet, but I'm going to figure it out because that's what I've always done.
0: And, Debbie, you have, as a result of your experience, your personal experience with your son, um, not only been Frankie's advocate, but an advocate for people around the world, certainly in this country, through many organizations that you put together and created and curated as a way to support people with special needs.
1: Yeah, so we, in, in middle school, we started um, going around talking about anti-bullying and we did, made an effort to try to speak to as many different places, organizations, uh, especially in our country. Frank, has been in New York a couple of times. He's been to Kansas. Uh, he's been of course all across Charleston County. Um, he has spoken at lots of different things to try to unite people about what respect means and trying to make good choices and treating people the way you want to be treated. And we were just trying to help people understand that it's okay. Everybody has something that's a little bit different, but maybe we could be a little bit, um, a little bit more softer, a little bit more kinder a little bit more uh, thinking about what people can do, not what they can't do. And there's two cliches, you know, in my business, Carolyn, I don't know about you, but um, you know, for me, for sports, you know, I, I am uh, refraining from using any cliches on the air when I'm calling a game. However, there are two cliches that resonate here. Don't judge a book by its, type, uh, by its cover. And uh, you don't really know anything about somebody until you've walked a mile in their shoes. I think if we look at uh, people through those lenses, then maybe we'd be a little bit softer about how we go about judging.
0: Real good points, I love them both. The bottom line is you are always encouraging people of every ability to just stay in the game.
1: I think we all can stay active. I think we all can help. I think sport is one of the great unifying factors of our lives, and I also think we can all do a little bit more. So whatever we're doing, there's a little bit more that we can do, just like we're trying to get 1% better every day. If we can just do 1% more for someone else, we're gonna make our community better. And through Special Olympics, that's one community that I know we're having an impact on. And then these little girls are very much like you and I, Carolyn, when we grew up, getting a chance to do whatever we wanted to do as players because of the advent of Title IX. Um, It has allowed us to play. And I, I want these little girls to experience playing and I don't care what they play. I prefer they play my sport, but <laughs> if they're not gonna play mine, I just want them to play, and there's more opportunity for girls to play now than there's ever been.
0: Was it difficult, though, to, to make your way up to that table and to get your voice heard on that microphone? Do you remember facing any particular challenges?
1: Well, I think it's challenges that all women that are you know in, at, at my level or in my age have faced because we've been in the game. I've been on the air for 34 years. Uh, when I started calling games uh, back in the late 80s there weren't any women's basketball games on television with the exception of the national championship that CBS put on and so I didn't grow up thinking TV was going to be an option for me I actually thought I was either going to coach or be an athletic director but I knew I would be in sport in some way and I really wanted to stay in basketball and um, you know I, I continued on a parallel path for a long time in administration and college athletics that university of kentucky and at the ohio state i was the director of marketing for four years at both places in the athletic department and i was calling games so i was on a parallel track to be an ad and continue staying in the game uh when i finally got introduced to broadcasting when i was 23 when that happened to for me so um i'm 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 just so i'm just so grateful uh But I've had so many opportunities to share uh, what I love the most about the game and to try to help the game grow and continue to serve in the best way that I can.
0: You do so many things in the community, and you're always looking for ways to add more to your impressive uh, biography of of work. Um, There's a girls-only sports camp that's coming up this summer. Tell us more about this camp that you've developed.
1: Oh, my goodness, Carol, I'm so glad you asked me about that because you're asking about two really important things, the 24 hours, nothing but net, and the amount of money we've raised for Special Olympics, and then the girls-only sports camp. This is my sixth summer doing this. Uh, I'll have 100 I'll have three weeks of sold-out girls-only, uh, and I introduce 20 different sports in a peer-pressure-free environment. So it's not a competitive environment where they're competing against each other these girls are six or seven or eight or nine years old and I'm not a big fan of specialization in sport. When I grew up I played everything and I'm so grateful that my parents allowed me to play everything and I was capable of playing everything and I wanted to play everything. I didn't have to at nine years old decide that basketball was going to be my sport. So I'm, I'm in theory believe that if a seven or eight or nine year old little girl has not had a field hockey stick or a lacrosse stick or kicked a soccer ball or passed a volleyball or put their feet in the starter blocks for the track, uh, for sprinting for the starter blocks, then, then, you know, they may never get a chance to do that. And all mm-hmm. I'm trying to do is introduce them to golf and tennis and rugby and football and all these other sports. Sports that we do, including adaptive sports, where they'll have a, a recognition for those that uh, play wheelchair basketball or have a visual uh, issue that still want to play sport. We are doing those things at camp, and it is one of the best things that we do.
0: I am So honored to speak with you and actually a bit nervous because you are an amazing communicator (laughs) and interviewer. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to interview Debbie Antonelli.
1: You're such a remarkable human being yourself, Carolyn, and what you get to do. And I admire you so much for all the things that you stand for. And uh, I'm just so grateful that you offered me a chance to come on your podcast and and, uh, share some conversation with you. Because I think we're like-minded. We we care about the same things. And um, those are the kind of people I want to align with. If it's not something that builds, serves, or empowers, those are my three standards that I try to make all my decisions, then I'm not going to do it. And um, build, serve, and empower are three really important words in my life that I try to make. Uh, Everything happened around my decisions as a, a, a wife, as a mother, and as a person with a responsibility in the game.
0: Thank you so much for being so generous with your time. You are an amazing mother, wife, community servant, advocate and most importantly, human being, you make us a little bit better. Debbie, thank you so much for speaking with me.
1: Thank you so much, Carolyn. And thank you, uh, Ditto goes back to you. And thank you for the way you serve our community as well.
0: All right, you take good care. Thank you, take care. Bye-bye. For this episode of Let's Talk, Let's Talk is produced by Eric Johnson. I'm the host, Carolyn Murray. We welcome your comments and advice on our podcast, so please write a review and share the link with others. Thanks again for listening to Let's Talk. Goodbye. Until the next time.